Well, hello there. It's a weekend update. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Saturday to you. Well, you know, they always seem to... There's a lot of things going on, but they they find a way to have fluff. A lot of fluff out there. On the weekends? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this before we started the show. Um, remember Maui, that... that uh, catastrophe in in hawaii uh that was only what two months ago two months ago and it's like forgotten about it ancient history uh god knows east palestine ohio uh that was something that should be in your history books we we have such short memories in this country and i think it's intentional that they do the news like that so they can manipulate it and get it off the front page as fast as possible yeah, you know, that, that that's true. You know, you look at Carrie Lake. Uh, yeah, I was looking at a story, and they were talking about Carrie Lake going, oh, you know, she's given up on the the, uh, the election being stolen, and she's moving on. And I'm going, you know, it's not so much that she's moving on. It's it's just the, the, the simple fact that the, the news, you know, the public opinion sways with the news and – well, she the says the Democrats are winning public opinion based on because the news, when you control the media, you control public opinion. And if you're Carrie Lake, Jim Harrington, or Bill Knight, at some point in time, you just go, I'm beating, I'm bludgeoning my But head she hasn't the wall. given up, Bill, on the uh, on no, her challenges. She hasn't. But she's also being realistic. I mean, most of the term is is gone now. I mean, she's into the third year of. Right. No, I'm sorry. I take that back. Uh, they were midterm elections, but still, uh, a, a chunk of the governorship term is behind her, and she's not getting any help from the the courts. The courts are either ignoring her her pleas, or they're they're deciding against her. So I don't blame her for going for the senatorial position. I, I yeah, think and that's smart. where Trump is going to have a problem. He's winning his cases in the long run. But they're throwing so many out there, they're going to keep them buried in stuff and, and and cost them a lot of money. And these aren't even, they're civil cases. You can sue anybody for anything and probably get some kind of a win. I don't like the way you opened that box. I'm going to sue you. In civil court, you can do that and get away with it and end, you know, end up causing some damage. And that's what they're doing, That this fraud case in New York. It's a civil case. There are a lot of people who believe that Trump and his people, uh, realistically, honestly, they won. A lot of people believe he won in 2020. But because of the court systems being uh, controlled by the left, because of the uh, media being controlled by the left, it was an uphill battle for him to prove it. So a lot of people believe that he did what he's, he did. He stepped away so that the world could see how corrupt the system is, and they are seeing it. Yeah. but They're seeing it. Yeah, you know that he won. I know that he won, and the Democrats know that he, that he won. But they control that narrative, and they're going to say, no, 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 all the way along, because they can. They, they control the media. And there are some people out there that rely on the media. They mm-hmm. believe in the media to give them the truth. And, you know, we are state-run. That's all there is to it. 
Well, we shouldn't be, but, uh, but speaking, by the way, of Maui, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about, that was only two months ago, but yeah. it's ancient history. And by the way, they still haven't found the 2,000 uh, young students who uh, have disappeared. They just don't know what they're unaccounted for. They don't know where they are. Uh, but it's not in the news. Nobody's talking about it. And it seems like uh, the media has moved on. It's just not that big a deal anymore. But uh, do you remember we talked about The Rock and Oprah putting together a fund? Right. Yeah, yeah. they did. He, he put together this fund, he and Oprah. You know, he's worth uh, maybe close to a billion dollars. He is worth probably over a billion dollars. They both put in, I think, $5 million, which on the surface seems like a generous gift, but it's a fraction of their of their wealth. And they probably will make $5 million in interest. In mm-hmm. in no time, but they put five million dollars each into this uh, this fund, and then they solicited money from the general public. Donate to this fund so that we can help the people of Maui. Well, the idea went over like a pregnant pole vaulter. Uh, a lot of people who were looking from the sidelines, average people, were saying, "Wait a second, I I make uh, a." a fixed budget. I make a, a limited amount of money every week. You want money from me. You're worth a billion dollars and you want me to contribute to your fund. It didn't go over well. It went over uh, like screen doors on a submarine. Well, I guess the feedback, the blowback was pretty heavy on the rock. And he came out with uh, an apology. Well, listen to this. We first launched the fund. Uh, there was some backlash that came with launching the fund. And I want to address and acknowledge that backlash right now. And here's what I have to say about that. I get it and I completely understand. And I could have been better. And next time I will be better. And I understand, you know, money ain't falling out of the sky and it's not growing on trees. And there's a lot of people out there who's living paycheck to paycheck. And I get it and I know what that's like. I've lived paycheck to paycheck. Seven bucks, I know. I know what that's like. And when you are living paycheck to paycheck, I don't want to speak for everybody, I'll speak for myself, but I feel it's connected. When you're living paycheck to paycheck, I was easily pissed off and I was frustrated. And the last thing you want to hear when you are living paycheck to paycheck is someone asking you for money. Especially when the person asking you for money already has a lot of money. So I get it. I understand. I've never launched a fund before, uh, but I'm a quick study and lesson learned. So there he is. He's apologizing for uh, getting involved with this fund. And I don't blame him. I, I mean, he... It was a bad visual. It was a, people were saying, "Wait a second, you're worth almost a billion dollars, and you're asking for my five bucks, my ten bucks." Mm-hmm. Uh, so it didn't go over well, and he's apologizing. But we haven't heard this from Oprah. As a matter of fact, what we heard from Oprah is she was kind of put off by it. She was kind of shocked at the negative response. I mean, she was doing a big thing in her in her mind, and uh, she was surprised that the general public didn't see it that way. But anyway, yeah. I just thought I'd uh, play that uh, for you. And uh, But a lot of the news stories that are so very important are getting very little play right now. Uh, you'll notice that we're all looking at Israel and that border situation is getting yeah. worse worse by the day. They show I saw, uh, saw pictures yesterday of thousands of people storming the border. Did you hear that 
uh, some uh, National Guardsmen, Texas National Guardsmen, were not just uh, moved aside. They were assaulted by illegals. The illegals were, uh, were put off by the fact that the National Guardsmen were trying to do their job and keep them out of Texas, so they beat the living daylights out of them. Well, that's because Biden has welcomed them in. I mean, we have no border. I don't yeah. know why the guard are down there, because well, Joe, Joe doesn't want us to have a border. He wants everybody to come in, that anybody that wants to can come on in. Well, Texas has said, wait a second, it's our border, too. As a matter of fact, it's more our border than the federal government's border. So we're having our people uh, manning the uh, different guard posts, and they are. Uh, you have mm -hmm. Texas National Guardsmen all along the border. You have uh, Texas Rangers, and uh, they put up a, a, a they put a barbed wire, and the federal border patrol cut the barbed wire for the for the illegals. Yeah. We had our like guys cutting the barbed wire to let the illegals into Texas. So who are they taking their orders from? Because if you're there to guard the border, you're there to guard the border. You're not there to cut the bomb. You know, it's, th there's two sets of commands going on here. You're getting your orders from uh, Mayorkas and from Biden. And, and both of those guys have said, we want an open border. And he, they're getting their orders from Barack Hussein Obama, I'm sure. Yeah, I, mean, well, everyone's, I think everyone knows that Barack is still the president of the United States. So is this Joe's United States or Barack's United States? And is, you know, that gets back to, you know, there, there are questions. Who, who is he? Who is his allegiance to? Well, they want to see our country flooded with strangers and they're getting their way. They're getting their way. We have got a country right now that is just uh, there isn't a corner in our country where there aren't strangers illegal well they joe joe said just last weekend or last week that uh you know white people in this country and i don't want to sit there and play the race card but he's you know he's the one that threw it out there that white people are soon to be you know uh extinct uh here i guess he's talking about it in the united states not extinct I mean, you mean the, the minority they will not be no the, he said extinct but very soon the minority well, I'll tell you, uh, it, it has never bothered me whether I'm part of the majority or the minority. I haven't sat me around neither, thinking but... about that uh, in my whole life. It's like I'm just me. What, this is what I am. I can't change me. That's how I feel. I think a lot of people feel that way. They just want to go about their, their lives, make a living, and feed their families. But they're forcing an outcome, and that outcome is going to be costly to somebody. And obviously, you know, he's pointed out who it's going to be costly to. And I mean, not costly in a friendly way, you know, they, yeah. uh, and that's what I don't like. You know, it's like, let, you know, I don't care that we have people coming into the country the right way. And in time, maybe it blends, maybe it's a melting pot, but don't force it. And, you know, and these people are coming here. They're not learning the language. They're not learning the values and the principles of what this country is all about. They're bringing theirs and expecting us to adapt to them. You know, the last ancestor that I had who immigrated into this country was my grandmother. She immigrated in 1900, and she immigrated as a 22-year-old uh, woman from Ireland, and she came across with a handful of dollars in her purse. I mean, like 22. Was it 20? No, it was $2. $2 in her purse. $2 in 1900 went a heck of a lot further than $2 today. But mm -hmm. it still wasn't a lot of money. 
it was uh, maybe it was like having a hundred bucks in your pocket, not a lot of money. But when she came here alone, because she was alone, the government took her and put her on Ellis Island and isolated her for two weeks because they, they thought that she didn't have a right to be in this country without a chaperone. She wanted, she was 22 years old, a single woman. She came to this country, but she, she couldn't leave and enter the city of New York by herself in 1900. So they had to wait for a, somebody to come down from Massachusetts, a, a man, to escort her back to Massachusetts. She had to wait two weeks for the guy to come down by train into New York to take her back. And, and I was thinking, today, she, she, she could have, uh, they could have gotten her off uh, on Ellis Island. She could have swam to New York, and they wouldn't have cared. You know, they, they're, they're allowing all these strangers. Heck, today they would have flown her up to New York, uh, uh, I mean, up to Massachusetts. The whole thing is upside down. And mm-hmm. I hear people saying, like you just said, uh, I'm not against immigration. I'm not. I'm very much for legal immigration, vetting the people who are here, making sure that the people who come to this country aren't going to blow it up. Uh, this, you know, we're all basically immigrants here. You right. Know, but we, you know, our, our, our forefathers, our ancestors came here the right way, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, I, I hear the stories in my family, you know, they, they were basically farmers and, they were going to go, I think, to Minnesota or Wisconsin. And somebody said, no, 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 no. You got to go out to California, the San Joaquin Valley. So they sent a scout to go check it out. And that's where the family migrated to. Well, all I can tell you is while we're looking to the Middle East right now, and, and with, with reason, because I think all hell is about to break loose, I mean, even as we speak on this Saturday morning, I think that uh, the Israelis are getting ready to go into into Gaza and to level the place. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, and we're going to be in a world war because you've got Iran, you've got Iraq, you've got all the different elements there that are all going to get into this thing. And, and let's not you know not forget about. Russia, China, the Ukraine, uh, Turkey, mm. everything. It's all going to blow up. And I don't know that we can fight a war on that many fronts. Yeah, we got a mighty military and everything, but we don't have the fuel to run it. Thank you, Joe Biden. We don't have the munitions to support it. Thank you, Joe Biden. And yeah. now the Ukraine is going, oh, you know, thanks for the help. You know, now we can manufacture our own weapons. Really? You know, well, I, we don't need to give another dime to the Ukraine. Well, I think that uh, there's a lot to be said for doing a serious investigation as to how this all happened in the Middle East because uh, it, it was supposed to be the most secure border on the planet, the Israeli-Gaza border. They bragged about uh, having a solid fence o- along the perimeter, and, and look what happened. They flew over it. I was trying to find a, a clip uh, before we went on the air, and I couldn't find it. It's unfortunate. The clip mm-hmm. showed... A German ex-official, someone in Germany, a young guy who had been like a a minister, a prime minister or something like that. He wasn't a prime minister, but he was a minister in government in Germany. And he was bragging about the fact that, and this was just three months ago, that he had come over to Gaza and shown these young men how to fly paragliders. 
because it was a great uh, recreational thing to do. And he was uh, happy. He was saying, oh, you can surf in Gaza. You can kayak in Gaza. You can swim in Gaza. And now you can paraglide in in Gaza. He was bragging, this German— About the sport. About the sport of paragliding and how he had come over, and he was proud of the fact that he was the first to show these young people how to paraglide. They were quick studies. Three months later, they were flying over that wall. And the thing I just can't get my mind around is, didn't anybody question the fact that suddenly there were dozens of paragliders being shipped to uh, to Gaza? Didn't anybody maybe catch on that they were practicing flying these things somewhere? I mean, they, we have satellites, like Bill said yesterday on our show, the satellites will pick up uh, uh, a flea movement. You know, I mean, they will. Mm-hmm. They they can see the uh, the date of a coin that you're holding in your hand from outer space. You would have thought they would have picked up on the fact that they were learning how to paraglide somewhere, that they were practicing how to use these machines, but nobody did. And yeah, I, you know, if you ship a hundred of them, that's one thing. But you're shipping thousands of them. Some companies go, "Ooh, wow! Did we hit the jackpot?" Yeah. No, you didn't actually. Well, you know, and what about the uh, Black Hawk helicopters that are supposed to be stationed along the way? Maybe that are patrolling that wall. You know, how secure was that wall? I mean, didn't they have guard towers on that wall? Didn't they have cameras on that wall? Some kind of security that that saw this going on. We talked about they should have had sound sensors. They should have picked up on the the drilling underneath the wall for the tunnels. I mean, well, maybe they have a Joe Biden in the midst because Joe Biden has given away our security. He's given away our border. He's given away our munitions. He's given away our secrets. As a matter of fact, they like to accuse Trump of that, but apparently it was Biden that has given away nuclear secrets, but he's done it for profit. Uh, He's given away our strategic oil supply. We have a 17-day supply yet. We are in trouble. Well, Trump was speaking at Club 47. I'm not sure exactly what that is. I think it's a group that wants to see him be the president, the 47 president. Yeah, yeah, 47. Yeah, yeah. it was in Palm Beach, and this was a couple of nights ago. The audio wasn't the greatest, but you can understand what he's saying. Um, And Trump questioned Netanyahu. Uh, and I, I'm one of these people that for the longest time I thought he was a regular guy. You know, he was educated in the United States. He was one of us. He understood the ways of the West. He was a decent and honorable guy. But yet, you know, this happened under his watch. This, he's the prime minister. And this failure in the security that killed all these people happened while he was prime minister. How did that happen? Now, they're rallying around him right now because... They have to. It's a war situation. You can't be looking for a new prime minister while you're you're getting into a major war situation. But I should point out that what he's talking about when he starts this is the attack on Soleimani when they blew that, that terrorist right. Soleimani up. And apparently what happened was uh, the Israelis were partners with the U.S. in this, in this uh, attack. They were getting ready to work hand-in-hand to make this happen. And the night before it was to happen, after months and months of planning, the Israelis pulled out. So listen. It was being planned, and 
working on it for months, and now we had everything all set to go. And the night before it happened, I got a call that Israel will not be participating in this attack. Nobody's heard this story before, but I like to tell it to Club 47 because you've been so loyal and so beautiful. And I said, I said, uh, what does this mean? We're working on it with them. Why? They're not, they didn't tell us why, sir, but they're not doing it. This was a day before. I said, I don't like that. That's not good. I looked at one of my generals who's fantastic, a warrior. I'm telling you, we have unbelievable military, unbelievable warriors. Just not the guys you see on television. They're real stiffs, real dopes. But these guys are warriors. They don't want to be on television. They want to win fights, okay? They want to win battles. And I said to him, General, what do you want to do? Sir, we can do whatever you'd like to do, sir. We can finish it ourselves, sir, if you'd like. I said, well, do we need them? Not at all, sir. I said, uh, so what do you want to do, General? Sir, we have it under control if you want to do it. If you don't want to do it, we understand. Whatever you say, sir, is okay with us. I said, let's do it. Let's do it. But let's do it. Because what this guy did to our soldiers, what this guy did to so many people, including many civilians, including many of his own people, just blew him to pieces by the tens of thousands. Let's do it. And he came on the plane and... We followed him right from the Situation Room. We followed the whole thing, and about 15 seconds later, it was all over. I'll never forget that Bibi Netanyahu let us down. That was a very terrible thing, I will say that. And uh, so when I see uh, sometimes uh, the intelligence, you talk about the intelligence, or you talk about some of the things that went wrong over the last week, uh, they've got to straighten it out because they're fighting potentially a very big force. They're fighting potentially Iran. And when they have people saying the wrong things, everything they say is being digested by these people because they're vicious and they're smart. I'll never forget how Bibi Netanyahu let us down. That's kind of an interesting thing for him to say. Uh, That's big. Yeah, that is very big. And uh, something's up. Something is up that we aren't aware of. We're not privy of as the average everyday Joe out here. And, you know, we're not being told the, the whole story. I mean, the fact no. that it was the, the security failure. Who knew about this before before it happened? Did, did the Israelis know it was going to happen and just not say anything? Was it like uh, some people believe that Pearl Harbor was known in Washington before it happened? that the Japanese were going to strike. Well, I think they did know it was going to happen in Pearl Harbor. We had our Pearl Harbor moment. We had our 911 moment, and, you know, we knew about that, and I think we knew about this, and the Israelis knew that it was coming too. So uh, there's something going on, and it's all part of a master plan somewhere that we don't get to see. Yeah. You see where Tony Blinken, who our Secretary of State, he was over there. I think he may still be there. I'm not really sure whether he's there. Or he, I mean, who really cares? He goes over there and he babbles a bit and he leaves. But in the course of one of the press conferences while he was there, uh, he blamed the present situation in Israel and Gaza on President Trump. Listen. To the, uh, the $6 billion. First, uh, again, it's always worth repeating the facts because, unfortunately, the facts get lost along the way. Uh, the money that... Iran accrued in bank accounts, in this case in, in South Korea, 
uh, for the sale of its oil uh, was done pursuant to an arrangement established by the previous administration, the Trump administration. None of the funds that have now gone to Qatar have actually been spent or accessed in any way uh, by Iran. Indeed, funds from that account are overseen by the Treasury Department, can only be dispensed for humanitarian goods, food, medicine, medical equipment, and never touch Iranian hands. Um, we have strict oversight of the funds, and we retain the right to freeze them. So he blamed it on the previous administration, but mm-hmm. this this guy, he's shameless. Um, that they said, like he was saying there, that none of the funds can be used by the Iranians uh, uh, for any weird purpose other than for health and, you know, well-being of people. But now they're saying, since this press conference a couple of days ago, now they're saying, well, we're freezing the money again in Qatar. We're going to freeze the money so they they can't have access to it. But then they had a dual press conference yesterday with uh, mm-hmm. the head of Qatar and Blinken, and the head of Qatar must not have gotten the message because he said, well, it, it, essentially what he said was, well, we go by all agreements and we have to talk with both sides. Meaning, if the Iranians say it's our money, the Qatar— well, They're going to give it to them. Yeah. And you know what? They, they, you know, they get a hangnail. It's Trump's fault. Uh, they're blaming everything on them. But you know what? And they know that Trump—they've set Trump up to be their excuse for everything. Yeah, they that, you know, he's the Democrat punching bag and the Democrat Nancy used to come out. Well, it's Trump's fault. And the news would go, oh, yeah, it's Trump's fault. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Let's get a big orange picture of him. You know, and that's what they're doing. And they're they're blaming him for everything, you know, which it's amazing. If you watched uh, some of these other news channels like MSNBC or or CNN Mm -hmm. or even News Nation, which is they're trying to be neutral, but they have all these former MSNBC and CNN anchors working, working on News Nation. If you want to change, if you want to have a neutral image, you 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 present a neutral face. You don't put uh, all these former partisans uh, mm-hmm. as your anchors. They have they have a, a nighttime primetime show with Chris Cuomo. I mean, hello, News Nation. You want to be neutral? Maybe you might want to have somebody other than one of the most partisan anchors uh, in the history of television. But that's just uh, that's just my my opinion. But they they have a, a, a formula that they all seem to follow. If the yeah. story is getting to sound boring, insert the word Trump somewhere in your copy, uh, even if it doesn't make any sense. Well, or if tr- the fingers are pointed at you, redirect them to Trump. That's exactly. what they're doing. Yeah, you know he's. You know Trump is going to. You know you look him up uh, in the uh, in the dictionary. You know, and it'll tell you, it, it explains how to do it. You know, anytime you got a problem, blame it on Trump. You there know, there and, are still people out there, Bill, who believe that, uh, that Trump is the president at this very moment. Uh, and I mean, I understand why they feel that way, because they feel that the election was stolen and he's the legitimate president. Uh, and they feel that at one point, somewhere not too far down the road, uh, the world will know that he's still the president. I don't know about that. Uh, well, he, a lot of damage has happened uh, while he's allowed these uh, imposters to run the operation, and mm-hmm. that's not a good thing. You know, for the most part, if you pay attention to the news, now, if they talk to uh, Obama, 
they always say Mr. Obama or former president. Yes. They always yep. do that. Joe, they don't always address as the president. But I would say 95 to 98% of the time, uh, whether it's a conservative uh, host or a Democratic host, when they talk to Trump, they go, Mr. President. They all call him Mr. President. And that should tell you something. That means they know that he really was the legitimate winner and they're addressing him, but they're just not letting him and you know, to, Bill, have how what do you, he earned. How do they explain that he has a larger motorcade uh, and security detail than the current president? If you watch him go to anywhere, uh, to Atlanta, to present himself, uh, you'll remember there, there were 19 or 20 cars in his motorcade, mm -hmm. including an ambulance. They had uh, a SWAT team that was embedded in the motorcade. I mean, mm -hmm. he travels as if he's still president. He was doing a speech the other day. I may have mentioned this on the air. In the course of the speech, he picks up a tablet, a folder. And when he picks the folder up to look at something to, that, that, you know, in the folder, the outside of the folder has the emblem stamped the president of the United States of America on it. I mean, if he wasn't the president of the United States, would he still have this kind of material, uh, you know, at his ready? I mean, uh, or was he no. trying to tell us something? You know, uh, was he trying to tell people that, hey, well, if you're paying attention. Signals. This morning, Dan Savino, Dan Scavino, who's uh, his uh, media, his media guru down there in, in uh, Florida, he posted a video, and he posts the most cryptic video sometime. And the video was of an F-22 Raptor mm. coming toward the camera at full speed and then pulling up as if it were in a uh, a fighter situation. It was the strangest thing. It, it, a lot of people would look at that and say, well, it was a signal that uh, we're about to attack or something's about to happen. I mean, people read a lot of stuff. And I, by the way, I would caution anybody who uh, is easily influenced, don't take too much stock in this stuff. They've had stuff like this all throughout uh, the past two and a half years, and nothing's happened, okay? Uh, and and don't read, uh, don't believe everything you see, for example, on certain social sites, like uh, like Telegram. Telegram uh, is a interesting uh, social site, but it has everything. It allows everything on it. So you get everything. You get uh, good stories, honest stories, important stories, and you get fabrications. You get yeah. you get uh, stories that are being made up by the bad guys to influence you. And if you're not discerning, if you don't look at this and say, okay, this is junk, if you're one of these people that reads everything and says, well, this, this must be true. I saw it on, on Telegram then you're making a mistake. You're doing yourself a disservice. Um, yeah. The bad guys are going to try to confuse you and baffle you with BS, okay? Don't let that happen. Be be smarter than they are, you know? Anyway, um, I thought this was interesting. Putin has said he's going to mediate the Israel-Hamas war. Putin. How is he going to do that? Uh, I haven't got a clue, but I guess he figures that uh, he's in a unique situation where he can go in and he can negotiate uh, a peace treaty between these two governments. Yeah, what happens if Hamas takes him out? 
Well, <laughs> see, uh, he has more uh, he has more uh, in common with Hamas than Israel. So I don't think it would be Hamas that would be taking him out. But, it, you know, who so knows, I, I, I wouldn't who trust anybody over there right now, you know, Israel or Hamas. I mean, Hamas, you know, what they yeah, you heard about that woman. Uh, oh, I forget where she's from. But uh, she and her husband. Oh, yeah. Uh, supported uh, Palestine. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. She, she and, was from uh, Minnesota or someplace. Yeah. And protested uh, against uh, Israel, you know, and their actions. She moved well, to the Gaza. Know. She moved to Gaza, right, with her husband. Yeah, I believe so. And she was, hey, see, you know, these guys, you know, the Palestinians, this, and rah, rah, rah. And they say, hey, thank you very much. Bang, bang. Uh, took her and her husband out. Yeah, she what she did is she married an Israeli. Mm -hmm. But he was sympathetic to the uh, Palestinian cause, as was she. And they moved right up to the, the wall. They they weren't in Gaza. They were in, still in Israel, but they were just over the, uh, the wall border, you know. And mm -hmm. apparently they came in right near where she lives and like bill said uh they saw the terrorists saw her and they just obliterated her and her husband one mm -hmm. fell swoop you know they did they, they they don't care who they hit they look they decapitate babies heads they burn babies even at that concert they went there they saw the porta potties there now i would have never sat there and said let's go and take out the porta potties but they figured somebody was in there using them Sitting ducks. Let's go ahead and 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 take them out. And and they thought it was funny. Well, they thought they you were hiding. They think they they thought that a lot of them would be hiding in there. A lot of the uh, the dancers, a lot of the the people would be hiding in those porta potties. So instead of going door to door, they just like you said, they just uh, went down the whole line with uh, automatic weapons. You know, okay, you know, if they were hiding in there, you know. What what harm are they going to do in there? You, you know, it's not a soldier hiding in there. You got them, literally with. But their there pants wasn't anybody at this whole event who was a soldier. They were all, they, yeah, were, they, they were there unarmed. They were unarmed. They were celebrating peace. They yeah. wanted to have peace in the area. Well, they uh, unfortunately they didn't get what they uh, came to celebrate. Two hundred and sixty people, Bill. Think yeah. about that. Two hundred and sixty bodies. How would you like to be one of the Israeli soldiers who had? To, to find this, you know, you go in there thinking maybe you're going to rescue these people and the whole place is just strewn with dead young people. Mm. Yeah. Well, how, you know, and as a soldier, how is that going to make you feel? You're going to want to, you're going to want to seek revenge on this because that is just, it's not, there, there's no sense of morality to it. You can't, you can't justify that. Can there's you, no way you can justify can that. Can you believe that right now, it's been a week today, by the way, today, Mm -hmm. One week, you yeah, would you, last weekend. You would think it's ancient history. No. You, you, it's been one week. Saturday was when it happened. Today is Saturday, so it's been a week. They're seven hours ahead of us in Israel. So right now in Israel, it's probably around five o'clock in the afternoon or mm -hmm. thereabouts. Um, they have uh, uh, their troops poised right now to attack if they haven't already attacked while we're doing this program, but. They've been very patient. A lot of armies would never have waited. Now the the Hamas are using the media to uh, to influence the public. They're saying, yeah. "Well, you know, you bombed you bombed our cities, and in your bombing, you killed thirteen hostages." Well, they wouldn't have been hostages if you guys hadn't taken them. If you haven't, if you hadn't taken them at gunpoint and brought them into your 
your city, they never would have been hostages if you had left them alone. If 13 people died, don't point to Israel. Look in the mirror. You guys did it. Oh, but, they, but they don't look at it that way. You know, and they're cowards. They hide behind anything they can hide behind. And then they go out and they kill. And they, they and they do it. You know, what are they justifying? Well, this has been a this has been an age old war, and it's hate, hate for one another. They don't want they don't want it is you know they don't want a Jewish person alive. You know, Bill. I, the other thing I, I I'd like to take a moment to point out to some of the less informed about the history of that area. A lot of people will say they wanted to go back to forty eight, meaning they want to go back to it being an area Israel controlled by uh, the Palestinians. Okay, first of all. Uh, that area was controlled mostly by Jewish people, even when it was not an Israeli-occupied country, meaning mm -hmm. it wasn't Israel, but the majority of people who were in, for example, the city of Jerusalem were Jewish in 1900. Historically, going back 2,000 years, it was the Jewish people who lived in that area. Yeah. There was, by the way, 2,000 years ago, no Islam, no Muslim. Muhammad, I believe, didn't start his religion until about 1,000 A.D. So mm -hmm. you have to, you know, when you when you say it's it's historically the Muslims' area, it, it really isn't. Historically, it goes back to the Jews. And it's funny, too, Islam, they always say that Christianity is based off them. But actually, actually... Uh, there was Christianity before there was way, Islam. Way before, yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, when I went, when I was younger, I went to uh, there's a place in France called Lourdes. It's uh, supposedly where, uh, if you are into Christianity, you believe in the Blessed Mother uh, Mary, who's the mother of Jesus. She supposedly appeared to uh, a, a small child in Lourdes, France. And it's, it's, it's become kind of a shrine area. Mm -hmm. and, and when I was traveling around France a few years ago, we went to Lourdes, and there was, uh, you, you go into one area, and it's like a waiting room, and I'm sitting next to uh, a guy, and we're talking, and the guy says, well, I'm Muslim. I said, oh, really? And you, you, come, to, uh, you come to the shrine of Our Lady? He said, well, we think the world of Mary. In, in our faith. We we don't maybe think of her as you think of her, but we think of her and revere her. Uh, and I thought, boy, that's interesting. You know, here we are. There's so many discrepancies and so much turmoil between religions around the world, and you wonder, how much do we have in common? You know, we don't hear about the things that we have in common. Um, yeah, we hear about the differences. Always. They always want to divide us, folks. They always want to divide us. And there's probably more in common... I mean, heck, when, when all is said and done, if you want to get down to the basics, you know, we're all human. The most, the most common thing about the whole thing is that we're humans fighting against humans. For what? Uh, it, it's, and it's sad. It's sad. And, and I, guess, I guess hate is something that runs so deep, and it's so hard to, to extricate it from, from people, to get rid of hate. Uh, and and that's, that's unfortunate because... It's uh, it's causing good well, we, people we, to suffer. We grow into hate. We didn't come into the world as haters. We came in as innocent kids, and they right. play together. But then, as they get older, hate is taught. Oh, I and know. It's taught to the children, and then it 
then it spreads. Take, and, uh, take two babies and put them together, right? Two, maybe uh, a white baby and a, a black baby, and put them together. They don't see anything different with each other. They just they just play, yeah. and they and they and they giggle and they laugh and they enjoy being with each other because they don't see the things that will later be taught to them to see. You mm-hmm. know, um, like Bill said, hey, it's taught. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, Anything else you have to uh, you want to add before we uh, wrap up this uh, weekend update? I don't know. Do we have a? Uh, are you going to buy a lottery ticket tonight? I mean, the big jackpot eh, was one. I don't know. I I I I get excited when the jackpots were like they were this past week for Powerball. A, you know, a billion seven hundred million. I figured I already had my my bank account set up. Where what banks I'm going to mm. put the money in? And then some guy won it in California. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's a rumor out there, and it's on social uh, media. Where, and actually, I think the person is getting ready to sue that uh, it's rigged, and uh, uh-huh. they say, yeah, the, the top four winners, and when you go back and look, have come from California. Wow! So I said, well, let's take a look at that, and I pulled up the top ten winners in California, 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 Wisconsin. Massachusetts, uh, Washington, Maryland, California, California, you know, New York, because some of these are shared states. Now, here's what's interesting. California is the grand poopah of all of it, all right? And also, the other grand poopah of all of it is all Democratic states. Now, somebody might go, well, you know, California is a very popular state. Uh, And Massachusetts, well, not as populous as Texas. That's a red state. Mm Mm-mm. No, nah, they don't have the winners there. They don't have not any winners, right? As, uh, uh, yeah. Not as populous as uh, Florida. Mm-mm. No, no, they don't have any big winners there. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, it does look, and that's their point, is even the top four winners, you know, it's statistically impossible for California to be the big winner. But then you look at the top 10, it's California. And you look at the top 10, it's all Democrat states that are the winners. Well, have you known, noticed that there was a time when if you were a big lottery winner, they would parade you out and point to you and say, look at him. Anymore. They don't do it anymore. Yeah. So we don't know who this guy is, this mysterious winner in California. Maybe they yeah, do. Jimmy Tim Buttu from, uh, yeah. you know, Tulare. You yeah. know, so what you're saying yeah. is that if it's rigged, uh, maybe uh, I'll get my, a second chance at that big uh, jackpot. But how are they going to prove it? Heck, they can't prove uh, anything nowadays. I mean, Everything is corrupt. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to say? Prove well, it. What, are they, what, what happens if these guys win and it is rigged? Yeah, I mean, and lotteries being rigged? Nah, who would do that? Well, it was done in Pennsylvania. Oh, once. yeah. There was a TV guy. That, there, was, uh, you know, there was a guy in, uh, in Pittsburgh who was the lottery drawing host, and yeah. it was done at a TV station in Pittsburgh. I won't name, I won't name the station, although uh, I did work at that facility for a number of years. So if you look at my resume, you might be able to figure out what station it was, but uh, it wasn't me. Okay. Um, and he, this guy decided that, Hey, I'm drawing all these uh, winning numbers for lots of money. What if we kind of, uh, fix it? So, uh, we, we know what numbers are going to come up and we, we buy some tickets with those numbers. And Mm. what they did is they, you know how they have these uh, ping pong balls, that spin around. Yeah. Well, they injected them with paint, white paint, to make yeah. them heavier, so that the balls that would would I guess come out were the lighter balls. 
So they yeah. injected the, most of the ball so they wouldn't come up the chute. The yeah. lighter ball would come up the chute. And um, so they knew what the winning number was going to be. And would you believe they picked the number? Honest to God, folks, you can't make this stuff up. They picked the number 666. Now, if you're familiar with that number, it's the, mm-hmm. supposedly the sign of the devil, you know, evil, evil. <laughs> uh, well, that was their first dead giveaway. It was, it, so was a, it was a numbskull move. They got caught. And I believe uh, the gentleman who uh, was doing it, who, by the way, had a wonderful career in television and was uh, very popular, had a good living. Why he I thought this breaks. was, the, yeah, why he thought this was a good idea is beyond me. And I think he ended up spending some time in jail. Um, again, I'm not mentioning his name, but you can look it up. Pittsburgh host, you know, who who uh, uh, fi- tried to fix the lottery. But but what you said true is true, Bill. If there are people behind the system, the system can be manipulated. You know. Yeah, you you got to wonder. I mean, you know, there's a lot of money out there, but why is it going only in Democratic states and mainly California? You can't, and you can't do the populist thing when you say Maryland and, uh, you know, uh, New, well, New York's populist state. But yeah. either way, you can't say that when you've got red populist states and they just don't win, and it's all blue states. You know, and Democrats I was absolutely positively sure. That my ticket was the winning ticket. I was confident. Well, I knew I was the winner. I was. Yeah, well, I was getting well, the. You curtains. want to have a chance? You got to change political parties. <laughs> I, I was getting the cur- curtains measured in the new house. It was amazing. Uh, but anyway, uh, that'll have to wait, I guess. Bill, it'll be interesting to see if anything happens from this. But it does make you go, hmm. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. Anyway, makes um, you wonder. I'll still buy a ticket, but you know, geez, is it worth it? You know, you know what's going to happen. I'll buy a ticket tonight, and the winner will be in California. You know, again. Well, now wouldn't that be something? Well, you got to see what color the state is. Now, now that the fact that something's come out, oh, watch it go to a red state, but it hasn't in the past. So why would it happen now? Well, you know, when you have a billion seven hundred million dollars at stake maybe a cash payout of $900 million, that will make people do strange things, <laughs> you know? Anyway, um, I guess we've just about done it for the weekend update. Uh, if you want to reach us, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com. So we got you covered every which way but loose. There's only one thing left to do. And that is... Hasta la vista, baby. We are out of here. Johnny Reese is a major league pitcher who always had a talent for striking people out. Teams fell over themselves trying to recruit the young man with the menacing fastball. But baseball isn't his only talent. He's also a major league hitman, a contract killer who likes his work. Reese does more than strike opponents out. He eliminates them all together. Retired New York City detective Jack Kane has come to Pittsburgh to find a killer and squeeze play by Jim Harrington is the story about what happens when these two alpha males meet and go head to head. It's a great weekend read. 
Squeeze Play from Dover and Blackstone Media LLC. It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and many other great online book sites. Or visit itsanotherday.com and click on our link at the top of the page. When it comes to mysteries and a great read, Squeeze Play is a grand slam.